What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I'm joined by Charles Hart. How you doing, Charles? Hello, I'm good. I'm riding that Nintendo Direct high, baby. Yeah, it was a pretty good one. We're going to get into it, of course. It hits different uh, in February. Like, you need it really bad. Yeah, that that's a great way to put it. Uh, we're also joined by Kyle Hilliard. How you doing, Kyle? I'm, I'm like seventy <laughs> percent. Yeah, been you've been sick. Yeah, you know, you know that scene. We, uh, you'll get this, Alex, in Princess Mononoke. There's oh, yes. the scene where uh, uh, Ashitaka is like sick, and he like sleeps for a couple days, and yeah. he wakes up full of life, and he like, yep. and he runs down the cave, and then he like stops because he's like, oh wait, I'm still injured. I have not recovered yet, and he kind of like falls <laughs> over. That's yeah. how th- I'm at the stage of illness where that's how I feel every morning. I wake up and I'm like, yes, let's take on the day. And then I like, you know, make it to the kitchen. I'm like, oh, I'm still sick. <laughs> okay, yeah. Not quite. And then a, a, um, a giant wolf has to tell you to slow down. Yes. Yeah. And to take care of yourself. That's what, that's what I call my family. The giant, the giant wolves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and rounding this out, Marcus Stewart. Hello. Hello. I don't know how I can top giant wolves and being horribly sick. Um, I guess I can, if it makes you feel better, Kyle, I feel great. It doesn't. <laughs> I, that probably does help him a lot, you know? He can see what the peak, you know, human form oh, looks like, true. and that might inspire him to recover quicker. I mean, I am always envious of Marcus, just in general, just the way he looks and acts and is. And so this is, you know, I'm, I'm, that's, you're my goal, basically. <laughs> uh, and uh, more so now than ever. It was weird when you called me to perfect organism. and ask for a bit of your hair that was yeah overstepping there well thank you all for joining me uh today we're going to be talking about um the nintendo direct that happened yesterday um we're going to get into a lot we've been playing a lot of things octopath traveler 2 uh, metroid prime the new game boy collection on nintendo switch and more Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about this first news story here uh, and that is that ea reportedly has canceled a single player game set in the titanfall and apex legends universe uh, which is a major bummer for me as a fan of both of those things uh, this is written up by wes uh, you can head over to gameinformer.com news and read it for yourself uh, it reads quote electronic arts has reportedly canceled a single player game set in the shared apex legends and titanfall universe this news comes by way of bloomberg which reports that three people familiar with the matter say ea canceled the project codenamed tfl or titanfall legends that was in development at apex legends developer respawn entertainment roughly 50 people were on the team uh, that was working on this game and ea will reportedly attempt to find positions for these employees elsewhere within the company if positions cannot be found, some might be laid off with severance packages, according to Bloomberg. Uh, the publication says that Muhammad Alavi, uh, who worked on Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends as a designer, was set to direct this now-canceled game, but he left the company in 2020. Or 2022, rather. Um, it's likely this canceled single-player game set in the Apex Legends and Titanfall universe was the one hinted at back in July in the job postings um, on Respawn's website that referred to the game as, quote, Apex Universe FPS Incubation Title. 
Uh, word of this cancellation comes shortly after EA announced it was shutting down Apex Legends Mobile and Battlefield Mobile and shuttering the latter developers' industrial toys as well. Plus, in the same financial results where EA revealed it was shutting these games down, the company revealed that uh, Respawn's upcoming single-player Star Wars game, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, had been delayed to April. Of course, uh, that source is from Bloomberg uh, once again. Um, But yeah, that is kind of what is going on. I am bummed because, one, I love Titanfall. I think Titanfall 1, I mean, granted, it was a Xbox exclusive, but... I feel like that game kind of got, like, written off by a lot of people because it was multiplayer only. But, I mean, obviously, it really set the foundation for uh, the Titanfall universe. And, man, I loved that game. I played so much of Titanfall. And then Titanfall 2, of course, has that critically acclaimed campaign. And uh, Apex Legends, I have poured hundreds and hundreds of hours into. Um, And at one point in time, I hosted the number one Apex Legends podcast, by the way. Fun little fact. Um, so this this you know universe is is near and dear to my heart. Um, so I'm I'm really bummed we aren't going to be getting a a single player game set in that universe. Um, I think I had heard through the grapevine. This is not confirmed. I, I can't remember the source on this, but I had heard that like uh, one of the mechanics was uh, like you were going to be borrowing powers from uh, Apex Legends and like using them throughout the game oh um, like through the single player campaign you would use the abilities of the legends from the multiplayer game okay gotcha. yeah i need to confirm that don't don't yeah yeah uh, but yeah so uh, that would have been cool but how do you got are you guys fans of this universe what do you think about this news i love titanfall too it's probably in my not even probably it is in my like top five single player shooter campaigns ever that thing is just buck wild <laughs> um <laughs> and i i don't play apex anymore but i did like it a lot like I, especially around like the first few months of launch uh yeah you know i mean i'm just waiting for titanfall 3 like a lot of people it's just just sort of like whittling away until that comes out so originally when this was announced it was like i hope this, this isn't that <laughs> and it seems like it's not i i don't know what this would have been because, like, single-player Titanfall game set in the Apex universe is, like, it's, like, the same thing. They are the same universe. So, I, Oh, yeah, yeah. Apex, like, heavily draws from Titanfall. Yeah, or, or not even that. Aren't they, like, straight up in the same universe just with, like, a significant time gap between, like, Titanfall 2 and Apex? Yeah, a lot of the characters uh, and, like, supporting characters have, like, ties to 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 Titanfall, yeah. Like, I wonder if this game is going to bridge that gap just because of the name convention of, like, Titanfall Legends. And we're going to see where these legends came from and maybe tie them a bit more directly to the Titanfall stuff. Um, that could have been interesting. I mean, you know, I I, I, yeah, I want to see just new single player anything from that universe, even if it's not Titanfall 3. So I mean, gonna... even just from Respawn. Like that's all I want from that developer is single player stuff. But I say that as someone who's just not big into multiplayer, you know. Like even the Titanfall multiplayer I never got really into. But like Fallen Order and Titanfall Two single player campaign, like just respawn, please. Like make more single player campaigns. Like that's 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 why I'm disappointed in this news because that's what I want from that studio. Yeah, I'm same as you, guy. Like I, I'm not a huge multiplayer guy. I like the I think they do a good job, but yeah, this is uh. Hearing them lose another single-player shooter thing, it's kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. 
uh, Valkyrie is one of the characters that if you haven't played in a while, you might not um, know about her. But I think she was introduced like a year and a half ago, a year ago. And her whole back, she's she essentially is the one that has the Gundam wings on her back. And she can like um, relocate the team with her jetpack. Um, and like she has a lot of cool like tech that is um, associated with Titans. And her entire backstory involves she as a kid she stole a titan from her dad who was a titan pilot um and her dad ended up having to save her and died and so like that's her tragic backstory is her dad was a pilot she you know was going on a joyride and he ended up you know dying from it that's more or less the plot of uh that indie game stonefly if any of remembers that from like a year or two ago yeah yeah and so I always thought like that would be a really cool setting or a, a cool um, jumping off point. Like an interesting a... story to see. That yeah. Would you play with Titans and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And that was, I felt like that was a really good way to merge the two because like this is a character that bridges both of those games really well. Um, and yeah, so that's a bummer. Um, I Do you guys think this means that like, because they said this was like an incubation title. Yeah, what what does that mean exactly? Incubation title. Like just something they're working on for a while or what's the Seems like like a experimental maybe, like maybe the direction wasn't necessarily set um completely. It sounds like the designer uh what was the, their name? Um uh Muhammad Alavi, uh, the Titanfall 2 and Apex Legends designer was leading it. So I'm sure there was some direction there, but when you say incubation, it makes me think, yeah, like, okay, we're not really, we don't have it fully formed in our head. Let's bring in some some experts uh, to help round out this team, this relatively smaller team by EA standards, I feel like 50 people, you know, it seems like this wasn't just like Titanfall 3. It seems like it was something, you know, that required a, li- a bit more uh, vision casting, I guess. And I'm sure it's really difficult to tie like properly and smartly tie together two different games, even though they are in the same universe. Do you guys think this means that like Titanfall three is off the books for a while off the table? Yeah, I think, I don't think there's much cash in that name. Sadly. Like I think us, us on this call would be like, hell yeah, Titanfall three. But I think, I think they'd have to call it something like apex legends, single player game or something yeah like yeah so maybe maybe ideas from that incubation come to exist somewhere else but i i don't think it's going to be called titanfall 3 i mean i wonder if like by calling it titanfall legends that was supposed to let the apex legend fans know like hey this is a titanfall thing technically so yeah maybe maybe you should go check those games out if you really like this thing because we want to make a third one of these yeah i like to I'm still holding out hope that it happens. It's probably not going to come anytime soon. Um, you know, they sent Titanfall 2 out to die <laughs> when that game launched. And Which game did it launch aside? Battlefield 1? It was like in between a Battlefield and a Call of Duty. Like it was like in that tight window of like these two juggernauts. And like, yeah, this is a good spot to throw a Titanfall sequel in here. That winds up being better than both, but doesn't have the same name value. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's naivete on my part, but there's a part of me that's like, man... I think they'll go back to it eventually, right? You know, that 
It's even I'd though love it's for sold, them to. yeah, yeah, like people love that second game. There's there's money there somewhere. I don't know. Um, I had a thought and it, it escaped me. This is the problem with recording in the early morning hours of 10 a.m. Uh, on a Thursday. Um, you know, overall, I'm bummed. Uh, I would have loved to see what this turned into. Oh, well, uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, you know, in the next few years. I feel like they know that people, that a, a at least a devoted subsect of people want another Titanfall game. Apex Legends is a huge game. Oh, I remember my, my point. Um, I'm not too surprised about Apex Legends Mobile, just because I feel like, and I might be talking ignorantly here, but I feel like Battle Royale just never struck me as a game, uh, as a genre that works well on mobile. And granted, Fortnite was huge on on mobile yeah. for a long time. Isn't it still? But No, no, that you can no longer play it. Oh, okay. Is it, is it on Android still, or is that gone also? I'm pretty sure it's gone completely. Gotcha. Um, and a lot of that had to do with, like, I'm sure, like, the Apple stuff, but they, I guess, didn't see the it was worth keeping around, so they, you know, shuttered it, and you can't play on mobile anymore. Uh, and that was, like, the biggest case for Battle Royale on a, on a phone. Well, I mean, there's Garena Free Fire. Like, there's yeah. there are some... I mean, and PUBG Mobile is huge. Like, those actually yeah, are the two big true. ones. Um, maybe even bigger than Fortnite at its apex on on mobile at least and like but yeah no one else can really crack it like everyone wants a piece of that uh free fire and PUBG pie but like final fantasy couldn't do it apex couldn't do it like yeah i think like though that subset of people have their game and you know the developers of those games launched those at a great time I and mean, PUBG was kicked off battle royale like it is why we have this genre today uh largely and uh you know i don't remember the timeline of them publishing PUBG mobile but i remember it being like i think it was shortly after PUBG console came out if i recall correctly so like PUBG was still like pretty big and that's when they launched it and whereas apex i think apex mobile came out like two at least two years after the launch of apex um yeah i covered it pretty closely during my time at GameSpot when I was like with the mobile. Oh, nice. Guy. That was like a big launch for my section of the site, you know. Yeah. Um, but was it 2021 uh, or? I. Well, when did I work? It would, yeah, it would have been last. It would have been 2022 actually, because that's was okay, when I was yeah. working GameSpot. <laughs> yeah. So three years after the launch of the first game, uh, or of the original game. I don't. Um, yeah, I don't think it even quite made it a year. Maybe. No. Yeah. But yeah, so that that that's a bummer. Um, and. Yeah, I think we're going to move on, but I just wanted to call it out and say, you know, on this here platform, we we want more single-player stuff from that universe. I think that'd be sick. But for now, we'll just have to buy Titanfall 2 for $4.99 and uh, replay it. It's always yeah. four ninety nine. I know, it is, right? That game is almost seven years old. I mean, it will be this year, which is kind of wild to me. Yeah. I was thinking about... Um, what game was I thinking about the other day? It might have been Breath of the Wild, uh, and I was just thinking how, what, it's on six years, and I feel like I just played that game yesterday. 
Well, let's get into the topic of the week. Speaking of uh, Breath of the Wild, uh, Nintendo had a Nintendo Direct yesterday. And I don't, I don't have like a full list we're going to go through, but I kind of want to talk about the highlights for each of us. Uh, I know we'll, we'll get into Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, Game Boy games are now coming, are now on Switch now. Uh, there's Metroid Prime Remaster. There's a lot of like smaller, like Disney Illusion Island. Yeah, Pikmin 4. Don't forget Pikmin, Pikmin 4. Pikmin 4, yeah. yeah. Professor Layton. There was a lot of, uh, of hits from Advance Wars. It was a Wars. good one, man. This is probably the best yeah. one in a while. Yeah, were there any? What were like the the top hits for you, Kyle? Anything you know besides the big stuff that really stood out to you? Well, we got to talk about Tears of the Kingdom. I mean, it was expected once they said like, "Oh, we're going to talk about games from the first half of the year." I was almost dreading it. I was like, oh, "We're going to get like a big trailer or something," and uh, sure enough, that's what they finished out the show with. And like, it's that thing where it's like, which I kind of like, is like I still really don't know a lot about Tears of the Kingdom. Like, and I'm yeah. I'm totally fine with that. Like. And then they sh- like even the things that they showed. It's just funny how they're like, it's just this rapid fire thing of like you're gonna be able, you're gonna be grinding on rails. There's gonna be vehicles, and it's like okay, <laughs> they they remind. I made a joke about it on Twitter, but it reminded me of Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts. Like they looked like these like, sort of contraptions that Link almost built. And I'm like, is that what that is? Is there gonna be like a system where you're like building these vehicles, or are there just a few that you kind of find? I wonder if you could get it from the scientist that helps you. Remember the scientist up on the hill? Doesn't he like help you get the ancient arrows? Yeah. Thing that I'm, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the or, other thing that's cool about it is like you see all these images from the game, and it's like I I know those locations, which is interesting, right? It's like, and that's another thing that it's like that's all the more reason to get excited. Weirdly, it's like I like that it's like an opportunity to revisit this place that I'm pretty familiar with, arguably very familiar with, but it's going to be under this new lens with new abilities and like there's going to be this whole other section up in the sky like yeah it just every time i see anything from that game it gets me pumped we got to see more of like whatever's going on with his arm i think ganon is speaking in the beginning <laughs> it's just like there's just so yeah. much there's like it but it all happened in like two minutes and i was like oh god <laughs> i know so much more and so little still it's it's wild do we know for sure if that it's ganon I know it's heavily no. implied, but they've it's never all speculation. Because yeah. there's still a part of me that thinks it's not him and that it's a new villain. Who do or, you think or, it is? Oh, it's just a new guy. Either a new guy, or maybe they like reinvent someone like Vaddy from the other games. You know, but I don't know because it's like directly after Breath of the Wild, and like ah, it feels like if we're going by like Zelda reincarnation rules, it's like too soon for Ganon to come back. So I, there, I, I, I still feel like it's someone else. I think it's Link. It's Link talking. That's that is a theory. It's it's old old Link. So you subscribe to that? There. You you subscribe to that, Kyle? No, I don't. I don't think that's Link. <laughs> okay. <laughs> old old Link was in Twilight Princess, sort of subtly. That's teaching, true. Teaching Link moves and stuff like that, and uh, right. I wonder if maybe there's that something like that going on. I don't know, but I'm, just... yeah, I'm pumped. I love that we've gotten such little information that like any small thing just gets me so excited like it was two minutes and kyle you're like it was so full of stuff and i was like it also wasn't like we still barely have any idea of what the game is more than we did before but there's things of like there's a new flying enemy dude what's up with that that's so many arrows yeah know. what that i i <laughs> he yeah, has a I'm so link has a green goblin glider thing yeah, yeah right? he has different All gliders now. You can have a Majora's Mask glider, which yeah. is like, come on, yeah, that's great. But, but now he has one he can ride on top of, and it's like, I'm just gonna, 
I'm gonna straight up Green Goblin, like just throw bombs from there on top of like models. I like how they saw all the clips of people essentially making their own like helicopters with octo balloons in the first game. They're like, okay, let's just like make this a thing. Oh, I did that all the time, so I'm glad I don't. Yeah. Do you think the um, motorcycles back? Because I love that motorcycle in the expansion for Breath of the Wild. So I feel like, I mean, that's probably why they're going the vehicle route because people really like that addition. I feel like they got to do the thing of like like in uh, God of War Ragnarok, you start without all your upgrades and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, the Fimble Winter has sucked my power out." I feel like they got to do something <laughs> like this, where it's like, "Oh, Link's been too far from the Divine Beast, so he doesn't have any like the abilities anymore." I will make a call now. I I don't think the motorcycle is going to be in the game, at least not initially, because like that motorcycle was to me felt like very much. Like, it needed to be kind of, like, final DLC. Here's your wild reward for playing so much of Breath of the Wild and, and, and investing in the DLC. It's like, we'll give you a vehicle that you can call on any time from any location that's, I think, faster than any horse. Like, to yeah. have that in the game from the get-go or even, like, partway through, I think it's like it's almost, like, overpowered. But I'm not a Nintendo designer, so maybe they maybe they built the world around being able to use that but i'm gonna i i don't think it's gonna be in the in tears of the kingdom not initially maybe you could turn epona into him oh that's true so that's something not saying that that it would be there but that that would be one limitation of it it's just a lot that'd be cool like that gta that gta 6 mod motorcycle that everyone uses where it's like it takes off like (laughs) a plane that'd be amazing yeah oh god man also the rail grinding with the shield which was like a mechanic that was never really utilized all that much in the in the first oh, game. Oh, like the shield like sliding? Fun, shield sliding, yeah. It was like a fun little, like, it was up to you, right? Yeah. yeah and just, to see, like, properly designed sections for that, which looks like they're very high up on, like, mountaintops and stuff, which is, like, a cool way to kind of blend the sky area and the, you know, the bottom area, like yeah. the land. Kind of that in-between, like, it's still, like, really high, but we haven't been there yet. Oh, it looks so good. I cannot wait. Yeah, Marcus, you mentioned Epona. It, it it looked like Link was riding Epona in this trailer. And I was thinking about how, like, I don't know if we've seen a lot of horses in this game. And that was such a big oh, part of the other one. Like, I don't know. And I, I don't know if they were just using, like, the Epona colored horse because that's kind of like standard Link horse. But that's a thing I've been wondering about of, like... If there's vehicles now, are there still going to be horses? I assume if it's like Kyle said, if, like, the vehicles are... Well, maybe at least the motorcycle would be a late thing if it's in there. I guess it depends on how long it takes to start doing the vehicle stuff, like whether you have to build them or you find them somehow. But I would assume that the horse system is the same, of like, you know, having stables and all that stuff, just because I, I guess I, I'll, I'll, like, I'll, I don't see a reason to not have it, just off the top of my head. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it reminds me a little bit of like the later Saints Row games where especially like Saints Row 4 where you're like, oh, there's still cars you can drive, but why would you? Because you can like fly and jump around and get around way faster with superpowers, but it's still here if you want to do it. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's what the motorcycle does once you get it in, in Breath of the Wild. It's like, well, I'm never going to ride a horse again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very curious how they're going to like, I think there's a lot of uh, anticipation going into this game, obviously. And there's, I think, some... Some worry, like, oh, we're there. It's the same areas as last time. I think, like, overall, like, I don't need it to be. I think I've accepted I'm okay if it's just a weird game, and I don't need it to be the same uh, level of 
it it cannot be as me. revelatory. Like it's just no, it can't. Yeah, There's, it just it's impossible. Be. So maybe and so I'm kind of preparing myself like it's not going to be like the first time I played Breath of the Wild, but what if it's this really weird, enjoyable, uh, like you said, Kyle, like looking at that world through another lens, and I love. I think I've replayed Breath of the Wild more times than any other game. And that doesn't mean I've beaten it every time I've gone back to it. But I've gone back to it so many times because I just love that version of Hyrule. And I find new things every time I play. Um, and so I think I'm kind of preparing myself to just be in for a weird ride. Uh, and just to like appreciate it for what it is. I hope it runs well. That's my <laughs> yeah, other concern. Yeah, yeah. Like the first game yeah. ran good but also it was a launch title so like the the times it did sort of stutter i think we were more forgiving because it's like oh you know we this is literally like the first game <laughs> we're playing on this new thing and it also would combine with it being such a revelatory thing you're like oh i can put up with it because this is the best thing i ever played or whatever you know nowadays especially coming like off of the pokemon games and just other titles that maybe were like stuttering i know you know obviously different teams and different games but you know, I, I, I don't think, and we shouldn't be either, but like, not going to be as forgiving if it's like, has like some performance problems, like noticeable ones. So yeah. like even watching the trailer, I was like, man, I hope this isn't another Pokemon situation. <laughs> I hope that they, uh, you know, like it helps that they're working with an existing framework, but you know, I guess, it, yeah. it, I guess we're more sensitive to it now. because I mean, if, I think the only, and I'm saying this maybe too optimistically i think the only thing that we'll have to worry about is frame rate right, right. like i don't i don't think it's gonna be, i don't think we're gonna be seeing pokemon levels of like Ugh, oh boy these things are clipping through the environment and they're like this is not great but yeah that that frame rate might be might be getting hung up in some places i don't think we'll get that from the zelda team yeah because i think they're just like so they know like the cachet their the, the weight their games carry and they've had six years to make this game. Well, you know, not quite six. I'm sure you know, probably like four to five. Yeah. Like whenever when the, about... was the DLC, like eight months later or something like that. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. That's maybe when they started proper as a, as a full team. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Whereas I think Pokemon, I mean, they've put out a lot of games recently, granted separate teams, but yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I, I worry about the frame rate in certain areas for sure, but I think largely it'll be, you know, uh, polished. Uh, or at least I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, that's we'll the hope. See. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean that that was only one item on the list of things that were shown off yesterday. Are you guys excited for the Metroid Prime remaster? That's out now. Yeah. I I haven't gone to the store page to see how much it costs. Do you guys know what they're charging for that thing? It's thirty nine ninety nine. That sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean it sounds it's like expected, but also you a little eyebrow raising like eh, they're a little high, I think, but you like know, maybe okay. that'd be cool for a, a trilogy collection, of the one game. But um, that's kind of the the most negative thing I can say about it is that it's like ah, I wish this was the trilogy. Um, I wish there was they had gotten them all of them into one package. But that being said, like Metroid Prime is a fantastic game. Yeah, it's my favorite of the three. So, uh, I don't know when I'm gonna get to playing it, but I'm glad it's there to play and you know especially handheld right like i was already thinking last night like there was a moment where i considered just buying it because i was like man it'd be nice to lay, or, lay in bed and just play this game that i really like <laughs> um but hey it's it's nice to see that rumor 
realized the third of the way there, I guess, finally. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I wonder what... Two, mo- two months late for Jeff Grubb over at Giant Bomb's hair, <laughs> right? Yeah. That, he had a Just deal re- going where he had to shave his head if it didn't come out in 2022, and lo and behold, mm. it came out in early 2023. You think that bad if it standed today, he would have to shave just a third of his head or like two-thirds oh. of it? You know, so you got, it's a great question. Yeah. Uh, we'll never know. But, um, just down the middle. Yeah, which third of your head? Would yeah, you did shave? you get a mohawk or right. just get the? Back? I think I would get like I mean, there's already like that hairstyle where people have like the side of their hair like mm. shaved and they have longer hair on top and the other side. I feel like that'd be the route to go. Yeah, there are ways. Uh, if I were Jeff Grubb, let us know, Jeff. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah. podcastagameinformer.com, Jeff, you can write in. But yeah, I mean, hey, it's cool that it's here. You know, that game rocks. I. Yeah, I I want to see how it feels like the because uh, they mentioned the controls being reworked and I saw your uh, tweet, Kyle, asking who was remastering it. When I was looking at the SKU information yesterday, they said retro. It does okay. Yeah, I yeah I was looking on the eShop page and then we got a press release, you know, for everything, and I was like, I don't see a developer listed here. But yeah, I mean, retro makes sense, you know. Maybe they yeah, th- it's like a way to sort of like maybe they remastered Prime just as a way to kind of like. Oh, let's look back at our old work before we dive into Metroid Prime 4. You know, we haven't touched kinda... it yet. <laughs> we still haven't picked it back up. It's sitting there. But um, uh, yeah, I, I started it. I, I did start playing it last night um, on my Switch Lite is what I was playing it on. Mm-hmm. And um, I I played through the intro, right? Because there's the whole section in the beginning before you actually land on the planet. It's like 20, 30 minutes of gameplay. There's like one boss in there. And um, it defaults to the new controls, which feel great. And, like, the game was not designed to use dual-stick controls, but it's a first-person game, so it feels right. You're still locking on, primarily. It's not like a... um, I think if you've never played it and you started playing, I think you would be surprised that it's not really, like, oh, you're trying to pull off headshots and stuff like that. What it... the, The sort of... The loop of the game is, like, you encounter an enemy, you lock onto them, and then you kind of strafe them, and you tap the jump button to kind of, like, dodge their shots and stuff like that. And I think it takes a little bit of like getting used to because your sort of brain is like, well, this is a shooter. I should be pulling the left trigger to aim closer and then hitting the right trigger. And it's like, that's not, that's not really what Metroid prime is, but it doesn't take long to sort of figure it out and understand. And it it feels good and it looks great. It's like, I can't believe, well, I don't know what year it came out off the top of my head. Was it like 2002 or something like that? Mm -hmm. That sounds right. And it's like, I mean, they they remastered. I think they redid Samus's model, and then they I think they redid the model for her ship too, maybe, as opposed to just sort of cleaning things up and like putting it in a higher resolution. Could be totally wrong about that. Don't quote me on that. But it looks great, and it's like, man, I can't believe this is a 2002 game, and you just sort of turn up the resolution a little bit, and it looks this good. Like it's it almost makes me sort of reflect on Metroid Prime and be like, even though we hail this as like a masterpiece, maybe we don't hail it enough. Cause like it, it's really cool and looks great. Yeah, we did a whole video gameography season on Metroid, and when we talked about the Prime series, one of the things I brought up was uh, like I even I still have a GameCube copy of it, and that version still looks way better than it probably should for its time. Like I've always just been incredibly impressed at how well that game aged uh, visually. So I mean, that's what made this HD thing. I mean, you know, they did do the Wii, you know, remaster, so we've seen them HD it up. But yeah, I mean, you know, was, yeah, sort of, yeah. <laughs> you know, as much as the Wii could. But uh, bless its heart. Yes. Uh, uh, 
but that always made it exciting like wanting to see it i guess hd'd up to the to the highest degree or to a higher degree because like like you could still play that 2002 version and still be pretty impressed how everything looks for the i played metroid prime 3 when it came out but the first time i played the original metroid prime was like 2019 uh, oh wow. really yeah and i like i streamed the whole thing on my on my, like, my personal twitch channel and like that game that even then that game felt great i was playing the wii version i i, I think i might have even been using pointer controls just i was gonna ask like funky. did you just plug in a gamecube controller or no I, I i can literally go look at my stream archive and see what it was i don't remember off the top of my head but like even then that game totally held up and was great um and i'm i'm excited to sort of i probably am not going to beat it but like i'm excited to yeah. play it a couple hours and be like yes thank Thank God this exists on Switch for new players to find it. What do you think the cadence will be for the other two games? Do you think they all come out this year, or are they going to like really space them out? I don't know. At this point, I actually have low confidence that they'll ever exist on Switch. Um, oh, you don't think they'll do two and three? I would. I two. I've never played two. I would. I want to them to do it, but like I think it's going to depend on how this does. And Metroid is just never a commercially successful franchise really yeah i i guess because it's like it seems like they would be in our best interest like they already announced a fourth game like that's happening <laughs> so yeah. it's like you may as well just fill in that gap for people to catch them up <laughs> i mean hey man we're talking about nintendo here like i well, i don't know what to tell you <laughs> i'm honestly surprised they went like the route of remaster at all like they they've clearly like cleaned it up and stuff i would have expected more of like a like a Mario 3D All-Stars where we just kind of get the three games on the Switch in whatever form. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also to have it shadow dropped was really, it was cool, but it, it was not like <laughs> people have been expecting it for so long. And then to have, it's like, it's not what you wanted, but it's shinier and it's out right now. I also want to mention, so I've only ever played it on the Wii. And a weird thing, as you were talking about this, I was like, oh, I've only played it with pointer controls. Like, I don't even know <laughs> what it would feel like with a stick. Yeah, that hurts my soul, by the way. <laughs> no, don't say that. The pointer controls are solid. I'm so sure they much. are, but it, it's probably the best playing game for the GameCube controller. Like, it is mapped perfectly for that, especially for a shooter. <laughs> I have games. Marcus, I you had broke the Resident Evil 4 cover Wii. story. Resident Evil 4 is the best game for the GameCube controller. I played that on PS2, actually. I never played it on Game And it was PS2 terrible. Version. You hated it. We talked about this. You're like, this game sucks. I don't understand why people love it so much. No, I guess I'll write the story. This is what they're telling me to do. <laughs> but uh, I've only played it on the Wii. Um, I have it on, because you could buy it through the Wii U eShop. I never got like a physical copy, but I have it digitally. Um and it just reminded me there's like a ticking ticking clock before the Wii U 3DS eShops both shut down. And I was surprised from this direct specifically, we got a bunch of stuff that I was like afraid of losing virtual console wise. One of them being, you know, Metroid Prime also being like the Game Boy games, which you could buy on the, the Wii U and 3DS. You know, it's really funny. I spent a good chunk of money uh, in the last few years well, the Game Boy games, I've bought Minish Cap for $85 like three months ago. I could have sold you that. Uh, I still have my copy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cartridge. I uh, I think I bought that and Pokemon Fire Red for like $160 last year. Uh, the year before that, I think I like spent a decent amount of money on Metroid Prime for GameCube because I'd never played it. So like, I'm excited because it's, mo- it's easier to fire up my Switch than it is 
to go and set up my GameCube to play these games. Or, well, I have the um, the analog pocket, which is it, well, it's interesting. The Game Boy stuff that they showed off is kind of doing some similar stuff that the analog pocket does, where it has like different color profiles based on old Game Boy hardware, uh, which is really cool. But yeah, I've spent like all of this money in recent years making this little collection. And you know, by the way, I, th- I think that, for... that color profile thing that might be a product of like Super Game Boy. I don't know if that's like oh, probably I, yeah. Like yeah. I just to get I just know the analog due. pocket has it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 Like I just yeah. didn't know. if th- I, I don't think it was like something analog pocket. Like I don't think they Came created up with. those. But what, I could be what is Super Game Boy? Oh, it was basically like an add-on that let you play Game Boy games on your TV back in the day. Oh, yeah, so okay. it's a cartridge that would plug into the Super Nintendo that had a Game Boy slot on it, and then you could put Game Gosh. Boy games in there. Yeah, there was also the Game Boy Player on GameCube. I heard of that. I didn't realize there was a predecessor to. It. Yeah, I used to want yeah. one, but it was expensive, from what I remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember the Game Boy Player because I, I have one of those as well. Um, before the Analog Pocket came out, I was trying to like stream some Game Boy games and just like capture footage. And the only way to really do that was, and in, in, in the easy way, was with the Game Boy Player. And then I had the HDMI adapter for my GameCube. Um, and so I just kind of, that was my process. And I spent money, I, I bought this modded memory card that only works like you have to like essentially insert, I think I had to insert a copy of Super Smash Bros. Melee with this memory card in and it would allow me to unlock um so the thing with the game boy players is game boy players are like pretty cheap to find but there is a required software disc that is much harder to find and is the key to using that device and essentially a a person on ebay has developed a mod that you can just buy for 20 bucks and it actually looks way better than the original software disc and there's like more options for oh interesting um yeah and so i i I went through this whole this whole kerfuffle just to get that up and running and then now i could have just waited probably a year or two and i could just play it all on switch but is what it is (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask about your buyer's remorse story did you at least ever play those games that you bought or have they just been sitting in your backlog um i never played metroid prime i did play the others so that's not so bad at least you like you you got what you wanted out of them, right? It's not like oh, I never played these, and now I, it this purchase feels a little <laughs> nullified because yeah, I mean, even know. if I hadn't, like I think, I just like having a small collection. Like right. I'm not like a big collector. I just like, I pretty much just I mostly just collect handheld stuff, and the GameCube is like the weird, um, the weird outlier in that. So. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I looked it up, uh, Charles. The ver- I did play it with the Wii, so I played with the pointer. Okay, that's how I. Yeah. So you and me, mm. Metroid Wii. It makes buddies. sense. It worked. It felt it right. Worked well. I yeah. used to. I used to. I used to be a sicko on Smash Bros. Brawl. I would play with a single Wii Yeah. Uh, and turn it turn it sideways. <laughs> and dude. That was the killer setup. My I feel God, like I play better on that than I do a pro controller. Like, a, the the Wii whole... has GameCube ports. <laughs> there's a whole generation of kids my age where it's like, I I remember being like going going to someone's house to play Smash Bros. and be like, hey, do you have a nunchuck? And they'd be like, why would you want a nunchuck to play Smash Bros. Brawl? And then put it in and like, we just didn't even know that that was a thing half the time, much less having a GameCube controller. 
but we Wiimote Nunchuck was my Brawl and Smash Four setup. It's not it's not good. I, I don't recommend yeah. it. But I bunch did of it. weirdos. <laughs> well, I don't want to talk about all of the stuff that came out in the direct. We have a Nintendo podcast for that called All Things Nintendo, hosted by Brian Shea. He of course has a giant episode going up uh, on the tenth Friday, February tenth, I believe. Uh, Kyle, you're going to be on that, right? Uh, no, he kicked me off. He bumped me. What? For a That's special right. guest. Oh. Do we know who the special guest is? I, I do, but I, I don't think I, I – let's not it's say. It's not public. It's yeah, okay. I mean, he told us. Like, I know who it is. Reggie <laughs> is going to be on all things <laughs> – no. I'm sure it'll be exciting, whoever it no, is. No, it's a good guest. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry you got bumped. I'm sorry you got bumped. That's okay. messed I'm up. I'm actually quite busy. So I was great. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna direct viewers over to all things Nintendo. If you want the full uh, recap um, of the Nintendo Direct, um, I think we're gonna move on to the playlist for the sake of time because I think we could all talk about that Nintendo Direct for a long time. Um, but that's what all things Nintendo is for. Um, so let's get into the playlist. This is the part of the show where we talk about the games that we've been playing. What do you guys want to start with? Do you want to talk? Charles, do you want to talk about Octopath Traveler 2? Octopath Traveler 2. Yes, I do. All right. So the demo is out. You've been playing it. I've played a little bit. I played 45 minutes is on my save. So I haven't played Okay, it. I've got 35. So you're All like... Right. But we did choose different uh, characters to start with. Yes. So I want to hear what you have to say about the warrior. That's who you started with, right? Yeah. So first of all, I, I've been like kind of perp- I, I liked Octopath Traveler 1 I never beat it there's like the conceit of the game is you there's eight heroes and you pick up each one to like add in your part and they all have their own separate storylines and in mine I think I got all eight and did one or two of like the secondary character side quests and then I was like yeah ah, I get it it was good enough I was really excited to, <laughs> to do that same opening gameplay loop this time um, but all all the classes are the same. So it's like the same. They're eight different characters, but they're still like the warrior, the cleric, the scholar, the hunter, etc. Yeah. So I started with the warrior uh, Hikari. And yeah, I I mean, yeah, I haven't haven't seen that much of the story, but it's, it's pretty standard JRPGs and like a, kind of a feudal Japan uh, uh, oh, okay. kingdom. He's I have the prince, I believe. And yeah, the just the combat's pretty much the same. It still feels good. I, now that I'm playing it, I don't think I had played a Persona game before playing this, but half, after having played Persona 5, there's a lot of the same, like you want to break enemies. So you find like the thing that they're weak to, and then you hit them with that, and then they're like stunned for a turn, and then you can combo up on them. And there, there is an, I didn't play, I played like three, I think I completed three of the paths in the original game. I don't remember. You can't see enemies' health, right? Like that's a yeah. Like, you can't. I think there's like yeah. maybe an ability that someone has that's like scan or something that you get at some yeah. point where you can see what it is. But yeah, that's. It's, I remember it's, like seeing clips of people like fighting some of those like later bosses, and just like you don't really know like how you're doing. Okay, cool. I I, I thought so. I just want to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Yeah, it's and and uh, it's kind of stressful because it's like, am I going to use all my resources to like double down on this boss now or is he going to come back the round after this and and kill me because i didn't you know heal myself or whatever but yeah the other thing about octopath uh i don't know alex if you want to talk about like everyone's got like an alternate like social ability i don't know if you got to yours yet mine is like you can provoke people i'm playing as the huntress 
her name is uh, Hunter. Her name's Ochette. Uh, and she is like her whole path. I picked it because I picked Hunter in the first game to start off with. And it was like very like woodland area. And I read the description for Ochette and I was like, she's on an island. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And so I think the island is called like Totohaha. Uh, and you start off uh, in the Beastine village. Um, and it's uh, this subset of people that are... Uh, what I understand to be raised by a lion um, <laughs> and they are at, they are at odds with the humans that are on the other humans and they've split the Island in two and they're kind of uh, the humans are in encroaching on their land and you're kind of like trying to keep the peace. Uh, but Ochette um, as the hunter, she captures animals at the beginning of the game you pick. And I think this is, I don't remember doing this in the first game at the, in the beginning of this path for the hunter, you pick between like two companions, like Pokemon style. Yeah. I don't, I think you just get one in the, yeah. Uh, so you have a choice between an owl and a jackal. And I picked the owl. Uh, I, was, I was feeling very avian in the moment. As one does. I was also a bird kid. So I had birds when I was growing up. So I don't really have an affinity for birds now, but I was like feeling nostalgic, you know, the pixel art, taking me back i was like ah, i'm gonna i'm gonna be the bird guy again i'm gonna uh you know take up the mantle um <laughs> and so i picked the owl and you know one thing i i forgot that i loved so much about octopath is like the scale of the enemies um and so it, it jumps to you like 10 years there's like a time jump uh like 10 years later and you are running through the island forest with your owl chasing after this giant iguana that's like the size of like a two story building. And uh, there, there, I, you'll have to remind me, Charles, I don't remember this being part of the first game with the hunter, but uh, I had to like, essentially you're like providing food for your family in this one. And so I was able to capture the iguana. I used it in a subsequent battle. Um, and then when I got back to the village, I had to sacrifice it. And feed the village with I it. Do not think that was a thing. I didn't That's think so either. Really so I know. So I had to. I mean, it was a linear path, so I yeah. had to do it. But I, it, it brings to mind that you know I'll probably get the choice in the future. And it was like, okay, you have to feed the village with this iguana, but you won't be able to use the iguana anymore in your roster. And so I had to, yeah, get rid of the iguana to feed the people. Uh, so I, I really liked that. I thought that was really neat. Did you? See, um, did you guys maybe? I missed you guys talking about this. Is this like a direct sequel? Are there like recurring characters or is this like a final fantasy situation where every entry is like standalone? I've yet to see any connection. I think it's standalone. Okay, cool. And I know that all the characters last names spell out Octopath Traveler. It's just, is it Octopath? Okay. I was going to say, if they also, (laughs) there's not enough 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 people for, yeah, you, you finish the game and there's actually eight more people or however many (laughs) so that they can finish filling out Traveler. Mm -hmm. Oh man, they did a dead space thing. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so far, I, I really like the Hunter. I'm having a lot of fun. You know, it's it's been a while since I played a JRPG. I've I'm, the last one I like really sunk into might have been Octopath. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up Persona Four Golden at some mm. point in between that. Um, is it just Switch? You guys that. are playing on Switch, right? That's where the demo yeah. is. Yeah, but it is yeah. coming to PlayStation as well. It looks like. Oh, cool. 
I think. I know. Yeah. Uh, looking at the Wikipedia, first one was on Game Pass for a while. I don't know if it still is. But it was I delayed. Believe, it was like it Switch exclusive is. for a while. I think. Uh, yes, I was also going to say I'm very excited for the soundtrack for this game. I think I mentioned it on those podcasts before, but the Octopath Traveler One soundtrack is like one of my favorite game soundtracks. And in 2020, because I use a soundtrack for my D and D games, I was in the like top whatever percent for Yasunori Nishiki, <laughs> the composer of these games. So I'm excited for this soundtrack to also come out on Spotify and get in the top, you know, 1% Nishiki <laughs> head fans. Yeah, I remember I, I loved the... I was a big Hunter fan in the first game, and I part of it was the soundtrack. I feel like that was, like, one of the strongest areas um, in the game was that that whole area. But, yeah, so I, I, I'm enjoying Octopath Traveler. I'm, like I said... A little over 30 minutes in, so not very far at all. But I'm going to keep playing, and I'm excited to see, you know, the changes to the other classes. Um, did you notice anything different with Warrior from the first game? I don't remember the That's Warrior fair. class specifically enough from the first game, but I do know in this one, like... So I think in the the first game, everyone has, like, their, their ability that they can use to interact with people, and yeah. Warrior has the ability to challenge people, and I... I could have sworn in the first game was just for like money or experience. And in this one, when you do it, you get like a special like battle ability. So like I only have, uh, he can use like swords and spears, but if I battle a specific NPC, I can get like a bow ability. And then if someone's weak to bows, That's I can cool. use that ability, which is cool. Except you walk up to a stranger, you challenge them to a duel. And then after you beat them, you take their ability and then they're, character model is just lying on the ground and if you try to talk to them they just go like <laughs> so I, I felt bad like going i'm like the prince of this city and going around to all these common folk and be like oh you've got a bow ability i don't have any of that and then just leaving them beaten on the ground <laughs> love it uh well cool um let's get into um kyle i know you've been playing we talked about it already uh do you have anything else to say about metroid prime no, I mean, yeah, I think I said everything I wanted to say. Like, I, I was, I was impressed at how it feels out of the gate, and it, yeah, like, really impressed with how it looks. Like, I went in with high expectations, and it's like, wow, this looks even better than I expected. You playing anything else? Yeah, just a quick shout out to the Game Boy games that came to Switch. Um, I booted up Tetris and played a bunch of Tetris, and I was like, oh man, I miss being able to save pieces. I've gotten so like used to being able to do that now that it's it's wild to go back and not be able to save that line piece whenever I don't need it. Um, but that yeah. was that was a fun little nostalgia trip because I played a lot of Tetris on Game Boy. I mean, that was my first video game console. And my other first video game, right, we got the Game Boy, Tetris, and Super Mario 6 Golden Coins. So those are like my introductory video games. So it was really great to go back and play a little bit of Tetris and then play a couple levels of Super Mario to Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. That's like a great little quick Mario game. Um, if you've never played it, like I think it, I think I it haven't. stands up as like a solid platformer. It's weird. There's like a Halloween level where there's like Jason Voorhees masks with knives in their head and stuff what? like that. And you eat a carrot to get like flying abilities. Cause you grow ears and you can like float with ears. And what's the know. full title again? Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. It's also okay. the game that I believe Wario debuts in. Because he's the correct. villain, right? Yeah, he's the like final going boss. For... Yeah. Yeah. It's first and, appearance. Uh, it's cool to see him because like the way he's scaled, he's so much bigger than Mario uh in that game. 
Um, I, I, I hope they bring a lot more Game Boy games. I, I, they teased Golden Sun, which I adore. I love Golden Sun, which I actually played recently. So I don't know if I would actually sit down and play it again, but I love Golden Sun. You know, it's funny. Sorry about Golden Sun. And that whole saga of me buying retro games for Game Boy, I was trying to track down Golden Sun, and I found it at my local shop, but there was uh, the uh, sticker on it was like pretty worn off. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there was no case since I, was, I bought it. And I booted up, and I realized it was the sequel. And I was like, well, <laughs> dang it. Dang it. Like, I want to play the first game. Yeah. So I, I have a copy of Golden Sun 2 uh, if you ever want to play it. I have a whole – I have a like a, a weird – story that i've told before about that game where i was playing it really got into it got to the end was on the end boss and left it in my car and went to a movie and my game boy got stolen uh so i was never able to beat golden sun until like in the last two or three years i got i bought a copy and played it on a game boy and finally beat it and it was like this childhood thing of like all right i finally i mean childhood i was like in high school but i was like finally finally finished golden sun so um I'm excited to have that on Switch, and I hope I hope they bring the original Wario Land, and I hope they bring the original Super Mario Land. I mean, Game Boy is really near and dear to my heart because it's like where I started yeah. with video games. So I hope they really Same. blow out that library. Um, and uh, yeah, they feel great. They look good. Like, thank you, Nintendo. It took way too long, but I'm glad they're finally available. Right. Yeah. I uh, the only thing I fired up was a uh, Minish Cap, Legend of Zelda mm. Minish Cap, and GBA because that's Love uh, Minish Cap. at least in the starting list. That's my favorite game of the batch, and I think that's just an underrated Zelda in general. I mean, maybe maybe my favorite Game Boy Advance game, like just flat out. I think well, if I had to make a list, maybe yeah. Yeah, it, it's top five. Like Metroid Fusion might take that for me, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I played through like basically the opening part yesterday, and I was like, man, yep, this game looks great plays well i forgot how much i love this uh, soundtrack <laughs> the uh midish cab soundtrack is very very good and uh you know i funny i have a similar story to you kyle about golden sun with uh, mario and luigi superstar saga where <laughs> i right. i never finished that game and but i played literally i was on the final boss battle but like my excuse is not as strong where i got there i was stuck on like the final phase of the fight and then for whatever reason, I just walked away from it for a while. And then, because I was playing on uh, a, a DS Lite, and then I, like, for some reason that I don't remember immediately, I sold my DS Lite. Uh, and so, like, I still have the cartridge with, like, that save data. <laughs> oh, really? But I've never, but I don't have a way to play it. So, like, I need, I was like, I should just get another DS Lite so I can, like, just beat this game. But now I see it here. It's like, am How I much gonna... are those? uh i've seen them go for like like at uh sort of like retro game stores i've seen them go for like 50 to 80 dollars depending on who's selling it like it's not bad you could get a game boy advance sp like pretty reasonably on ebay they're 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 not that rare you should do it yeah just like knock out that you know go in cold you're gonna forget everything (laughs) and how that game works and how all the time button presses work and it's gonna be hell but you that's the thing too yeah I forgot, like, that fight is very time-button-press-heavy, and you can die pretty quick if you don't nail those. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, oh, man, I guess I could replay that whole game and finish it, or I can find a way <laughs> to access my save and just sit down for, like, an hour <laughs> bang it out. But, um, yeah, I, awesome. I'm i excited to see... Uh, I'm excited slash terrified to see how long it takes for them to really flesh this library out. I know the big sort of, like, scuttlebutt online from t- sort of, like, our glass half-full sort of mentality is everyone being like we're the pokemon games how could they launch this without pokemon those sobs i can't believe it 
which I wonder how long it'll take because you know it took forever for them to add them to the 3ds virtual yeah. console. Yeah, I remember the day Red Red uh, the Switch was already released, I believe, when they launched Red and Blue. Uh, was it? Cause I yeah, I know. I only remember because I was an intern at GI when they announced they were adding the Pokemon games, and I wrote the news story, <laughs> and that was like 2015. <laughs> So that's why my memory is so vivid of like, oh, I'm the guy breaking this news that everybody's really excited about. Yeah. Um, so uh, when was that? I'm looking because I was like it, red, it blue, was, and yellow. Uh, that they dropped it June once. 2017, and I know this because I published a video online um, once I realized that they had announced. I'm sorry, no, I'm thinking Pokemon Gold and Silver. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say like Pokemon Red and Yellow, Red, Blue, and Yellow. I think it was Gold and Silver came to Virtual Console on 3ds when the switch was out it's funny because i'm like looking i actually found my old post on the website <laughs> from when i was an intern i was like it was because it was a nintendo direct november 12 2015 pokemon red blue and yellow coming to 3ds for okay console. so a couple like a and then switch was 2017 so it was a little bit yeah the yeah 3ds was in its death throes basically yeah like four <laughs> years in and a bunch of other games later they're like yeah you can have these so it's like is that going to be a similar story with this are you going to really make us They're stingy wait. with those old Pokemon games, though, man. They'll probably just mm-hmm. release them as, like, and charge for them, you know? <laughs> yeah, $40 each. I, mean, yeah. I would almost prefer that in a way. Like, the, the thing about the service of where you get all the games is, like, if you stop paying for it, you don't have the games anymore. So, like, at the very least, like, if I could buy, you know, Pokemon Red for, I think it was 10 bucks on the 3DS. It was. But I, I'll, I, I never actually bought that on the 3DS, so I might yeah it's probably yeah i guess we should have clarified that those game boy games are behind the nintendo switch online subscription tiers like you can't just buy any of them and the gba games are behind the expansion pack tier which is more expensive and that's the one that gives you the n64 and and genesis libraries Mm -hmm. um so yeah you do have to sign up for those to get these games which i'm fine with i mean, I, I guess because i'm already subscribed and like i'm used to this with like game pass like i treat it like game pass right i'm like well okay. sure you know i'm already paying for this I'll, I'll play these do i need to necessarily own them on a digital device personally no but but i understand people that are just like i right, just let me just let me have minish cap forever <laughs> you know are you guys all on expansion pass yeah yeah it's funny yeah, i got I'm part a, of the problem yeah <laughs> well i got a code for it for work but mm. then it auto renewed and i forgot so then i accidentally <laughs> wound up paying for it That's this year i got <laughs> a family plan and when it came to when it came time to renew that i was like sorry y'all uh you gotta get your own switch online stuff now i can't because i was sharing it with friends and i was like I can't swallow that $80 pill or whatever it was. Ooh, cutting the lifeline. Yeah. You know, when it gets to be that much, it's like, uh, sorry. <laughs> $50 is already a lot. <laughs> Just send them like a, like a, a layoff notice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like, give like them these changing the economic times, you know? Like yeah. <laughs> an, an eviction notice from my Nintendo switch it's online. Unprecedented plus. Nintendo switch plan. Yeah. <laughs> I I have I don't have the expansion pass, but Game Boy Advance games. This is one of the first times where I've been like, I might bite the bullet. I don't know. Like the pretty good bonus. The N sixty four stuff was cool, but it was a thing of like, I like Ocarina of Time. I don't really need to play it right now. So yeah. it wasn't a thing. I I also had already bought the Mario Kart DLC, and none of the other expansions were things I was particularly interested in. But I really like Minish Cap. I'm I've never played Superstar Saga, and I'm really excited to play that. 
Great game. Because uh, I think that game is like, pretty expensive to buy. Well, they secondhand. they remade that for 3DS actually. Oh, did they? Oh, that's yeah. right. Which is like maybe that's the one to go play. Did they? I thought it was just Bowser's Inside Fury that they did. I thought they did. Oh, I thought they did both. I know they did Bowser's and they added the scenario to Bowser's Inside Fury, but I don't know if they did Superstars or the other one. Uh, this this is wait, is it Bowser's Inside Fury or Bowser's Inside Story? Or Inside Inside Story? Sorry, I'm thinking of Bowser's. I'm combining it with Bowser's Fury. Kyle is right. Also, it's it's Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions. Oh, okay. Okay. This is one of those situations where I was about to pull it up. It's like there's a chance I might have reviewed this. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? But uh, so technically, there's already a probably better version of that game that you could just outright buy and for forty dollars if you have with with extra stuff. But that's not just. It's not like the original is good, right? That Game Boy Advance holds up. Like, it's not Mm -hmm. like. Um, I don't know. I can't think of a great example, but it's not it's like where ancient. the original version doesn't hold up. Thank God there's a remake that's totally worth playing. It's like they're both good, you know. Okay, and then Inside Story is a totally separate, right? That's the third one. Yeah, that's yeah. the third one. Okay. That was on DS. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, because that whole situation is ending too, so I'm like, I've got a list of games I want to buy uh, before that whole situation shuts down. Which I should probably. Which I don't think you can anymore. Or at least the store's still up. You can add funds because my my they're linked. My accounts are linked, and so I can add funds to my Switch, and it'll show up on the. Okay, because I know they made it so you can't add payment information anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's very convoluted, but you can still do it. See, I already did my shopping spree before that, just because I was like, I don't totally understand what's going away. I know, like in terms of like, how can I still pay? So I'm just gonna do it now. (laughs) That's fair. yeah. I've been putting it off because I know I'm going to drop, like, every time I look at a game and I'm like, oh, I'll never be able to play this game on the 3DS again, maybe. Like, do I want to spend, you know, $20 now or $80 in 15 years? <laughs> yeah, and I'm just yeah. going to spend, like, 200 bucks on just random eShop nonsense that I don't right. need to. That I'm not even going to play. <laughs> yeah. It's like, a, but, but I might. Yeah, Maybe. Planet Earth might not even be here in 15 years. Who knows? <laughs> Who can <Wow>. say? <laughs> hey, it's all on so fire. So play it now is what your point is. These unprecedented times. Have we published a list on like the must-buy games before that shop closes? Oh, that's I, actually that's a good idea. Oh, we did. I know we've been... I would read that. Yeah, I don't... As, as somebody who has a 3DS, but has not touched a fraction of that library. I feel like I pitched that or Brian wrote it. I don't know. There's no way to know. It's a, good, it's a good idea. Surely no way to know. Yeah. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> yeah. Not us. Well, cool. Um, sorry. I've got so many tabs open of games I'm trying to buy on 3DS <laughs> after that conversation. Uh, where are the show notes? Here they are. So last game we're going to talk about today during the playlist, and then we're going to wrap up the show. Marcus, you've been playing Goldeneye. And Kyle, you have too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I played um played a little bit on Switch to help Brian with a piece that he wrote, but predominantly I've been playing on Xbox. Played like the first like four or five levels. Yeah. Because yeah. you're not an insane person. Yeah, because I, because uh, I, uh, yeah, you summed it up perfectly because I'm not an insane person. The Xbox version is so much better. It's wild. <laughs> what's the deal with that? What's What's the deal with the Xbox version. Yeah, I've been playing uh, GoldenEye on Xbox. You know, even though I have access to the Switch version, um, I'm not interested in playing with those dated controls, especially because I don't have the N64 controller. 
thing. But even if I did, I wouldn't use it because every time I pick up an N64 controller, I baffle that we put up with it back in the days. It's just, <laughs> I was like, what What were we thinking? Um, but yeah, like the Xbox version, you know, converting it to just a twin stick third just third or first person shooter i should say with the 4k upgrades and all that stuff like it plays great you know i loved goldeneye that was such a formative game for me because i didn't grow up with a pc so i only dabbled in doom but like goldeneye was my first real introduction to first person shooters same and you know i didn't have an n64 so i you know it was pretty much just going over friend's house to play you know multiplayer sleepovers all that stuff and this gives me the chance to actually run through the campaign for the first time because I've only ever played like oh maybe really? thirty never minutes the campaign oh cool yeah just because like since I didn't have it and every time I played with friends you're not gonna play the campaign everyone was like no let's get in the facility and kill each other in the toilets because it's funny <laughs> it's know? good game yeah um, so I've been playing a couple of missions through the campaign and it's funny because like the twin stick controls make it pretty easy to run through. You know, because you can tell the enemies aren't really designed for the kind of heightened reaction time you have with just being able to move better. So, like, I'm just, like, mowing mm. them down. Yeah. But it's it's pretty satisfying. It's like, I don't really need a challenge. This is purely for my nostalgia. Like, it's the moment you boot that game up and you hear that familiar, like, the the rare logo spinning and then the sound and the theme song kicks in. Like, it just takes me back to, like, oh, my God, this was the happiest sound for me when you're just surrounded by friends. You're like, oh, we're going to be playing this for the next couple hours, just having a great time. And yeah, I think the improvements they made have been great. I'm probably going to finish it just again. Cause like, oh, I never really played all the way through this. And I kind of want to see how they, cause I do like the movie too, quite a bit. So I kind of want to see like, how did, how did they do? So like, are you, are you enjoying the campaign? Cause like, I, I cannot like I, I that my primary experience with Goldeneye was playing through the campaign just over and over and over again. And on all the difficulties and getting all the, the cheats and everything so like that's my nostalgia is like revisiting those locations with like improved controls it's like oh this feels so good i remember this little nook i remember this place i oh there's the camera there like like as someone who didn't really play the campaign like are you is it like mechanically interesting like having the missions that you have to complete it like over the course of the level and stuff like that yeah it's funny because i didn't even realize there were missions i the first time i ran through the first level i was just going Right. And then I randomly saw, like, oh, you have things to do. <laughs> it was like, oh, okay. And then, I like, I think you have to, like, turn off alarms. And then I didn't realize what to look for because the alarms, just because just of the time, they just look like flat textures. So you can't tell what you can actually interact or destroy. So it's like these red things, I guess, might be alarms. <laughs> and I had to, like, I got to the end and then had to backtrack through the rest of the level to get the rest once I kind of took a chance and destroyed one. Um, but I, I actually think that's kind of cool, especially for the time of like, oh, okay, it's not just go murder everyone and get to the end. There's actually things you need to look out for. Um, I mean, that honestly, that was like a revelation for like me and my brother, right? Was like every games up to that point was like, get to the end of the level, probably as fast as you can. Like, that's like literally the goal where Goldeneye was like, at least in my memory, the first time it was like, hey, here's a big level. You're going to have to do a couple things in it. Maybe it takes some take you longer, some don't. Maybe you don't even have to kill everybody. Like, it's kind of up to you. And, like, it was just such a weird thing at the time to to sort of, like, it was, it was, it more felt like a location you were given to explore as a secret agent as opposed to, like, just kill everyone and see the end, hmm. which was, like, yeah, was really cool. Yeah, it definitely fits, like, with James Bond, too, like you, you, you alluded to there. 
And it's, you know, again, for me, it's I'm the complete opposite of you where my memory is tied almost exclusively to multiplayer. It's cool to go through those levels with the single player objectives, but also like, because the second level is the facility, which I think is the best level in the game in, yeah. for multiplayer. Of any game. Like, yeah, it's, I don't know <laughs> what it is about that level, but it's just like, it's the one that everybody loves, right? When you play yeah. multiplayer, you're like, no, we're going to do the facility, right? <laughs> um, and it, I was just, it was fun because my memory of it is still intact. Like, oh, I know where every path leads. Uh, I know where every, and like that helped me in the single player of like, oh, I can circumvent these enemies that are in this one room. I know this path goes around it or it lets me flank them in a, in a cool way. Uh, so yeah, like it's, it, you know, I, it, compared to other, I guess, like retro shooters that have been HD'd up, like I, I went and played Quake when that came to Xbox as someone that didn't grow up with Quake. And that was pretty fun, but it was, that was a little harder for me to like really stick with uh personally maybe because i just don't have that nostalgia for it um but i think this one maybe it's just the i mean it's maybe the license and then just the i don't know something about it that's just really clicking with me more maybe it is the objective based stuff and it's not just here's a giant open arena run around and kill everything and have fun it's uh, like that's a little bit more linear um and there's more things to look out for but yeah i'm probably gonna just run through it and finish it and it also looks like it's really big when i was looking at the mission selection i was like oh there's a lot of levels here i don't know how long they all are and i was like okay this is beefier than i thought it would be especially for like a licensed movie game <laughs> that came out two years after the movie <laughs> yeah what a weird thing well I'm, I'm glad to hear as someone who didn't play the campaign that you're like finding fun in it because it is the poster child for games that don't hold up Right, if you when you go back and play Goldeneye on N sixty four today, you're like, oh my god, this there's like this frame rate is like five. Like I don't, how did we do? This? <laughs> but like playing on the Xbox version, which I, I don't know if we totally clarified, the Switch version is just a straight port of the N sixty four game. Yeah, with the exception that it has online play. But even even that's a product of like the Nintendo Switch built in online stuff that you can do with every. Uh, Nintendo Switch Online game. Like, you can play oh, Super true. Nintendo games online uh, using that system and stuff like that. Like, you're not... There's no, like, matchmaking or anything like that. It's just, You have to, like, connect with someone, and then you're basically playing it remotely on their system. Like, I played with oh, Ryan, wow. and basically I was remote playing the second controller on his version. Oh, and that's, how, and that's okay. how you play. Uh, which is cool. I'm glad that exists, but it's not really... It's not... It's just sort of a product of that that whole emulator that Nintendo Switch uses. But the Xbox right. version is actually like a like they made it look better. The default controls are modern first person shooter controls, and it just yeah. If you're gonna play a version, uh, you you should probably play the Xbox version. Yeah, you know? sadly um, no online with that one though. Yes, local that's, multiplayer, that's which true. is the only like downside of like uh, the one that I would want to play with my friends is the worst version of it because it's the switch version (laughs) yeah Yeah, you're like it's this weird sort of like division but like other than that you know any event that i have a party of friends over it's like well we can play this this xbox version but still i'm excited to get through the single player campaign and kind of like have that under my belt like with those upgrades of like visuals and like a solid frame rate and the modern controls like i'm glad to hear that it that it actually is still fun because i'm having a lot of fun with it but i totally recognize that it's like it's pure nostalgia. It's, I feel like a child playing that game, and it's great. But I'm oh, glad yeah. to hear from your perspective, Marcus. It's like, yeah, this mechanically is actually pretty interesting. You know, I legit considered ordering a pizza while I was playing it. So that's how, like, <laughs> in little kid sleepover mode of me, it's like, oh yeah, we get pizza, we we hang out, we watch Snick, 
and then we play Goldeneye. <laughs> that's that's what you do on the Saturday night, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, well, I think that's going to do it for the show this week. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening. Uh, if you did enjoy the show, go and leave us a review uh, over on Apple Podcasts, or you can rate us on Spotify, uh, just like Santa's, Santa's Pants did. I thought Santa's Pants already left us a review. Did you did you change your review, Santa's Pants, or am I just misremembering? Uh, regardless, uh, there is a new review, a five-star review by Santa's Pants. It says, I play a lot of Destiny 2 and really enjoy... So I have a question. Uh, where would you rate Destiny 2 on a scale of 1 to 10? Uh, I'm going to rate it a uh, an 8.5 out of 10 as somebody who's played a, a decent amount of Destiny 2. So you're using our scoring system. Then. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I didn't really put much thought into it. I was going <laughs> to say 9, and then that felt a little high. Uh, 8.5 to 9, somewhere in there, I would say Santa's Pants. I, I like that game. I actually just reinstalled it. Um, but thanks for that review. Uh, if you want to go and leave us a review, uh, that really does help us out and helps us to climb the charts, get new listeners, all that fun stuff. And, uh, it really does support game informers. So if you want to do that, we'll be sure to say thank you and read it off on the show. Of course, go and watch our weekly streams, twitch.tv slash game informer. Um, you guys are replaying dino crisis. Is that back on this week? Friday on replay? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I skipped last week because I was really sick, but um, I think we can do it tomorrow. Yeah. Nothing awesome. heals like a polygonal dinosaurs. Yes. True. True. Uh, so go over to twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Follow us there. Uh, and while you're there, you can uh, grab a subscription, a Twitch subscription, and that'll get you access to our Discord, um, which you can go and ask questions uh, and just hang out with the community. Uh, lastly... Listen to all things Nintendo um, and uh, go and check out their full Nintendo Direct recap. Um, it sounds like Shay has a very special guest that you'll want to go and listen to. Lastly, shout out to um, our podcast editor, Matt Storm, uh, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. Uh, they are a lifesaver and they also host their own podcasts called Fun and Games and the Reignite podcast, which is a Bioware podcast. So, Go and check out Matt's shows and show them some support. We really appreciate the work they do for us, and it's a big help. Um, that's going to do it for the show this week. We will see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>